Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I am very excited today because I have with me a very special guest uh, all the way from Hyavel in either Missouri or the land of Israel, whichever uh, place we call home at the time. Uh, Zach Waller. Hi, Zach. How are you? Hey, Ryan. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, we're very excited to have you and your family here. Uh, your four boys and, and one more on the way. Um, and so uh, today I just want to ask you some questions, just some basic stuff about Hayavel. Um, I know there's a, a lot of stuff going around uh, as far as who is Hayavel, what do you guys do and whatnot. And so uh, people are very interested to hear, you know, what, what is it? What's going on in the land of Israel? I think that uh, one of the things that, that we do our best at or what we try to do is, uh, is connect people with the land of Israel, with the people of Israel uh, and the God of Israel. Right, and I know that uh, that's probably something that you guys are into. And so, um, why don't we start with the beginning? How how Hayavel got started, and what you guys are doing, and all that. Sure, sounds great. So, <clears throat> basically, my uh, family started learning about Israel and that sort of thing, and got more into Hebrew roots kind of stuff. About it's right at twenty five years ago, so it's been a little while. And once we started learning about uh, and recognizing that, that the scripture is good and, and the Old Testament, like I was like, wow, there's so much good stuff in here and started trying to do Shabbat and different things. Um, then at some point, the Israel question kind of came up and we're like, okay, wait a second. There's other people who are involved in this whole story who we don't know very much about. And so what are the Jewish people and how do we relate to them? Like, who are they? What, what do they do? What's their culture? Um, and we were reading in Zechariah, Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, where it says, you know, that God is greatly, fervently zealous for Zion. And we're like, we don't know anything about this thing that God loves greatly and fervently. And we're like, wow, we need to figure this thing out. And so I would say that really our, in the beginning, our prayer was just, God, help us to have your heart for Israel. You know, some people talk about how they have a heart for Africa or different things. And we realize, you know what, somehow Israel is special in God's eyes. And if that's the way God thinks. That's the way I want to think. I want to be on his team, on his side. And that's really kind of how the whole thing got, the Israel thing got started within our family. My dad made his first trip to Israel in 2004, and uh, it really just blew him away. It's a whole miraculous uh, series of, of coincidences, so to speak. Sure. <laughs> of course, we don't believe in coincidences, but a miraculous chain of events that happened um, that led to dad being able to go to the land. And once he got there, he met a farmer, a vineyard owner named Nir Levi. And um, for the uh, six years before that, we had been farming. So they started up farmer talk, you know, planting with the, this whole thing worked. And dad really wasn't there with any kind of really idea of, of where things were going at that point. He was just meeting this farmer in Samaria that had a vineyard and was very curious as a farmer. So they discussed different things. And uh, so dad asked Nir, hey, what's some of your greatest struggles here? And he said, well, really, the biggest struggle we have is uh, at the harvest because uh, during that season, we need a lot of hands uh, to come in and help with the harvest. And most Israelis have full-time jobs. And even if they're going to take some time off, they're probably not going to come up here and work in the vineyards. Um, and so he said, we really need some help uh, here to, for the harvest. And dad was like, hmm, that's really interesting. So then Nir took dad out to the vineyard 
took him out walking down the rows and the vines there and um, opened up his Bible to Jeremiah 31 5 where it says that vineyards would be planted on the mountains of Samaria and so here dad is this uh, Christian guy just getting starting into Hebrew roots standing on the Mount of Blessing in Israel with this Orthodox Jewish guy who's reading him the Bible <laughs> Um, and he is just like, this is crazy. How did this happen? Where, what's going on here? And I think for dad at that moment, it just kind of clicked with him because, you know, in a lot of Christian circles, and I think in dad's minds at that time, everything was always really spiritualized. And all of a sudden he's looking at physical reality that was also super spiritual and this prophetic thing all coming into one that he could actually touch and feel. It wasn't just up in the cloud somewhere. It was actually physical reality he was touching. And here's this Orthodox Jewish guy who was prophesied, you know, prophecies like over 50 times in the Bible that the Jewish people returned to the land. So here's this Jewish person standing in the land of Israel. And here Ezekiel 36 talks about mountains shoot forth your branches because your children are soon coming home. So we have this Jewish person came home uh, these branches shooting forth, and here this guy's reading this story to dad, and dad's like, okay, something really huge is going on here, and we need to figure out what's going on and how we can be a part of this. Wow. I mean, that's that's a big deal. You know, what's cool, I, I don't know if you know this, um, the matriarch and patriarch of our congregation uh, was the Dreyer family. At that point, uh, now it's Tikva Kolbo, but uh, mm-hmm. her and her husband were uh, on the same mountain talking mm-hmm. to the same farmer mm-hmm. two years prior. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this story. Um, so I guess they had met near and, uh, I don't, I don't know if they had a similar conversation. I don't think it was the same conversation, but essentially they were like, well, we have this whole congregation back in, in Brandon. And it's funny cause we tell that story and we're like, look, you know, God's going to point people, you know, mm-hmm. cause there's, there's mm-hmm. these, these missions that are out there and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people are called to do certain things and certain people are not called to do certain things. And so this guy near is a visionary and he's out there telling people the vision and somebody's going to catch the vision, you know, and you guys caught the vision and now what, 13, 14 years later, look at you guys. Yeah. So that was, yeah, like 13 years ago. And so it's been incredible to see where, well, first off, it was incredible to see how God had prepared us prior to that. Cause we sure. actually lived in an Amish community and like learned farming like six years prior to that. And then just to see where God's taken it since. And like I said, when dad was there with near, he had no idea where things were going. Um, but all of a sudden, um, you know, dad realizes that he's been called, that our family was called to be there. So our family starts going back and forth uh, from Israel back to the States. Uh, we sold everything we had in Tennessee at that time, our farm, the whole thing. Uh, we actually went and uh, bought a school bus, sanded the whole thing down, painted it red, and put big yellow decals on the side that said, Israel, the apple of God's eye. And then we took that bus and just traveled around all over the U.S. and Canada and different places just sharing about the things we were learning and, and what was going on in the land of Israel that we realized so many people were unaware of that we were unaware of until we were actually there and saw it. And so it's been incredible. So since then, it's just grown like crazy. Just in 13 years, all of a sudden, uh, we, we have become the largest volunteer organization in Israel. We bring uh, about 500 volunteers there every year. Uh, to help harvest the grapes. And um, we really felt like God has called us through this process to be a connector for the Christian world, to come in and, and, and to find out what's going on in the land of Israel and to participate. Because we like these things are, I like to say they're impossible. Like, you know, God's the God of the impossible. Right. All of a sudden, you know, Jewish people coming back to the land from 50 different country you know, or 50 different prophecies talking about these Jewish people coming into the land of Israel from all over the world. This is impossible. This just can't happen that the Jewish people would come back to the land. It's impossible that a land would lie desolate and all of a sudden just change. Like land just doesn't do that. As a farmer, I can say. Yes, my understanding it was what is salted by the Romans 
I mean, yeah, li- all literally kinds of crazy stuff. And yeah, and, and different uh, people groups came in over the centuries and tried to cultivate it, tried to do different things, and it just didn't work. Yeah. And land doesn't do that. Um, it's just not the way soil works. You have to, you know, if it's if it's bad soil, then you need to add fertilizer. And there's certain things you do to make it better, and then you grow stuff, right? Um, and with Israel, it's like I like to say that God just flipped the restoration switch, and all of a sudden it changed. Like something happened. It was different. All of a sudden the rain cycles began again. And uh, as the Jewish people returned, just like the prophet said, the mountains started shooting forth their branches, and uh, the children came home. Yeah, it's and, funny you say that. I, I uh, saw a video from your brother. Mm-hmm about the stalactites and stalagmites or whatever in the cave, talking about the, the, that there's no rain and that they can tell when the rain is from the way the, I guess the grooves or the rings and these stalactites or stalagmites and that all of a sudden, you know, 1948, there's huge rain and then 1967, there's huge rain. And, you know, if, uh, if, if people listening don't know what's significant about those years, then maybe they need to look it up and I'll let them Google that, get Rabbi Google to, to help them out with 1948 <laughs> and 1967 yeah. in Israel. Yeah, so it's it's like I said, these things are impossible. There's no way that the Jewish people could be gathered from the four corners of the earth. That that's just couldn't happen. If you sat down and wrote out a plan, anybody the smartest guys in the world sat down and wrote out a plan for this to happen, there's no way they could make that work. Especially people trying to exterminate them. I mean, right. literally. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. people working I mean, against them. Despite all of these yeah. horrific things that have happened, this this God still was faithful to his promises and made these things happen. Um, and then, you know, probably one of the biggest miracles is that not only the Jewish people come home, not only does the land respond to that, but now, just like the prophet said, the nations are realizing, hmm, something is going on in Israel and we need to be a part of this. So that's really where our family has feel like we're, our part is just us going and being a part of it, but also inviting other people to say, hey, look what's going on. And we like to call it the, the Joshua and Caleb report. Yeah. We're telling people you know what, stop listening to the, the voice of the 10 spies that's just talking about the giants and maybe the issues or the problems or whatever. That's that's not really the voice of truth, you know? And there, you guys quite literally have mm. a Joshua and Caleb report. Right, with yeah. With Joshua so, and Caleb. Yeah, so... A lot uh, of times Luke and Caleb, but, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I actually have a very large family. I have 10 brothers and sisters. And so right after me in birth order is our twins, twins in our family, Joshua and Caleb. And, uh, yeah, so we actually started a... Um, because we realized... When we got into Israel, um, that our lives were changed. Like we were like, wow. And so we thought, okay, so how? What happened that changed our lives? What What happened that changed our perspective? And obviously, a huge part of that was actually being there. Another part of it was interacting with the people and hearing their stories and actually putting faces and like instead of just seeing the word settlers or hear this kind of demonized talk about them or whatever, to actually meet them and hear their stories and realize these people really love God and have incredible miraculous stories on how God is using them. That's what really changed our perspective. And so we thought, you know what, we need to take those stories and get them out to the nations so that even for people who aren't able to necessarily come, they can actually watch these stories and hear these stories that we've heard and then their perspectives will be changed and they can understand a little bit more about what's going on. Sure, sure. Wow. No, I mean, the, you're right. That's a buzzword, right? Settlement, West Bank, um, you know, around here, those are, are pretty much cuss words. Uh, but I think that uh, people hear that on the news and they, they wonder. Uh, I was speaking to uh, somebody the other day and uh, we were, oh, you know what? I think it was the Warps. We were talking about mm-hmm. the Warps and, uh, and Mr. Warp was telling me about how they do these studies and, you know, Pew Research or the Barnum Group or whoever. And so they're asking them, hey, so do you believe that the land that God gave to Abraham uh, is the land uh, that is for the Jewish people? And they're all like, yes, you know, with this resounding, yeah, absolutely. And then at the same time, they're not realizing that Abraham came through Shechem, mm-hmm. right? Abraham, you know, went to Hebron, right? Mm-hmm. He went to all of these places and all of these places are contested today. 
Mm. I mean, even the places where the Bible has like a land deed where, you know, Abraham actually purchased it with money um, and then passed it down to his descendants and whatnot. And so that, that was uh, an interesting point that those same group of people who said, yes, this is for the Jewish people. The same group would say that the West Bank belongs to somebody else. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, There's a lot we have to do with education, I guess. Exactly, exactly. And that's what we found as we started bringing volunteers in is that not only were we able to like participate in this prophetic redemption that was taking place, but this was a huge opportunity, just like you're saying, to educate people who, um, you know, profess Jesus, Yeshua as their Messiah to find out, okay, who was he and what did he stand for? What was he like? All these different things. And, and so this educational process was huge. When you're standing in the land of Israel, when you're standing on that mountain where God promised Abraham, you know, this is the land I'm going to give to you and your descendants right there. Alam Moray, read it in Genesis 12. The story happened. When you're standing there and you see that it, it's actually, this is where it happened. And then all of a sudden you realize that, wow, this West Bank word that's going around is actually where 85% of the Bible happened and it's crazy because a lot of most Christian tours that come over don't e- won't even go in there. They're missing out on 85% of the Bible. You have places like Alamore that I just mentioned. You have Shiloh or Shiloh, as we say uh, in English in the States, um, where God's presence dwelt in the tabernacle for 369 years. You know, we're not just talking about a little chunk of time, but 369 years. Uh, God's glory dwelt in the tabernacle right there in Shiloh. Uh, you have Beit El or Bethel where uh, Jacob has his dream of the, of the angels ascending and descending on the ladder up to heaven. You have Hebron, or Hebron, where uh, you have Abraham going and buying this plot of land to bury Sarah, and then where, the, where he was later buried, and uh, the different patriarchs and matriarchs were buried. Like These are super significant places. And not only that, but like you were saying, this is where the covenant was actually made. We have the covenant being given to Abraham. Uh, right there to Lam More, and then confirmed to Jacob at Beit El. We have it being confirmed to Isaac, and like these different places, this is where God said, "This is the land, like the place where you're standing." Um, is so that would make that the sister, like Lam More. He tells him, you know, look to the north, the south, and the east, and the west. Mm-hmm. So that's the central piece. So everything around it, included everything you can see from that mountaintop, is is what God is giving to him and to his seed. And so it's, I mean, I guess it's either self-explanatory. Or it takes a lot of explaining. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to to explain it. But I think that you know, educating folks on the fact that look, you know, if you want to know where Alamore is, so where in in the in Judea and Samaria and where the West quote unquote West Bank is Elamare. Is it in the middle of it? Is it in the north side, south side? So it's up in the north of the Shamron in Samaria. Um, basically, if you're just on, looking on a map, if you you know, find Jerusalem, find the Sea of Galilee, and go like sort of in the middle and then go north just a little bit. Um, you're basically right around in the ballpark area. So you have Shechem, Shechem, or modern day Nablus, as the Arab people there call it. Um, and that's like this huge city of Shechem. Um, and then around it, basically, you have Alon More, and then uh, Mount Abal, Mount of Cursing, and then the Mount of Blessing, uh, Mount Gerizim, are like right surrounding Shechem. And then you have uh, the settlement of Itamar, it's also kind of all these places are like surrounding the valley, which is Shechem. The village of Itamar, right? The village. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know what? It, it's interesting. Like some The people, resettlement. Yeah. Some people... Some As people, Mr. Warp corrected me on uh, saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're coming back. It's not it's not a first time sure. uh, settlement deal. And so, you know, a lot of people shy away from the word settlement because it's gotten a lot of really yeah, yeah, yeah. bad connotations. Personally, 
I really connect to the word settlement because yeah. I'm like, hey, we are getting here. We're settling the land. You yeah. know? And uh, Yeshuva Aretz, is like, that's a huge um, term that the Jewish people use. Is like one of the high, greatest, uh, they call them mitzvot, these good deeds that they do. Um, uh, rabbi Malamed, the rabbi from Harbracha, he says that uh, if you put all uh, of the commandments on one side of a scale and put that one commandment on the other side, that uh, that, that one commandment outweighs all the rest wow. to uh, right. resettle the land because of the times that we're living in. Sure. Um, so from the Jewish perspective, this is like a really, really huge well, deal. Well, you have people like Nadi Ram, who's like a folk hero out there. I mean, just drives his car till it breaks down and says, all right, here's our <laughs> settlement. You know, I mean, that's... yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are so so passionate to um, to accomplish the will of God. Amen. You know, and we know even from the New Testament, reading Yeshua's prayer, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And that's what these guys are doing. They're like, "Okay, if it's God's will, we want to see it happen right here on the earth." And incredible, miraculous things are happening. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it is incredible. So you guys are obviously uh, in the land a lot. You you guys have a uh, kind of like what we call a base camp. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily consider what you have a settlement or or not. Um, no, yes, yeah, not really. We would. Um, I guess basically we would. We, we're under the supervision of Harbracha, the community of Harbracha. Okay. Uh, and Rabbi Malamed there, so we're kind of like a yeah, kind of just a piece of that. We're not necessarily in the Jewish community. We're not like like a house, you know, next door neighbors necessarily, but there's like a little valley in between. And our camp there is, you know, pretty temporary. Um, you know, we're just there to fulfill our volunteer work. It's not like we're, you know, building permanent things sure. there to, uh, you know, be yeah, there Yeah, I've forever, seen it, all the plumbing's above ground. Uh, yeah, and all that yeah stuff, which yeah. is kind of common in Israel because it doesn't get too cold there. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, but it's very, uh, you know, it's temporary. We're there, we're, it's, yeah, literally like a camp. Yeah. That we're there like, okay, we're the people from the nations who want to come in and bless and support the nation of Israel and help them to accomplish the, the will of God there in the mountains so, of Samaria. So basically, um, for our listeners, people come from all over the world. And I think you mentioned uh, a, a large number of countries. 22 different countries. So 22 different countries. And so you guys are facilitating a way for the people from the nations to, to love Israel, who believe in Zionism. And we were just talking before the podcast about uh, bad definitions. And a good definition of Zionism is the the belief and support that the, the Jewish people have a homeland, that it is the land of Israel, and our support and ability to, to help them make it there to make it to their land and establish their land, establish their sovereignty in their land, all of the above. Yeah, and even maybe to, uh, I think what I, because uh, I had somebody ask me that question not too sure. long ago, and I said, well, I guess if I was going to define my version of Zionism, it's that, uh, and I mentioned the, the verse in Zechariah that says, God is greatly, fervently zealous for Zion. I would say that Zionism is just agreement with God. Yeah. Pretty simple. I I, I, <laughs> I think that is a, a very good definition. Uh, and so, um, you know, our... I guess one of the ways that that people from the nations can help is by literally coming and, and helping. Um, these farmers uh, are trying to establish the land. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, our, our culture internationally throughout the world is getting away from agriculture. Um, people are becoming more and more uh, dependent on grocery stores. They don't grow their own food anymore. Their communities are no longer agriculturally centric, right? We've gotten to the, to the, the big farming, which that's a whole nother conversation for a different day. But uh, in order to establish the land, there has to be farms. There has to be food grown in order to provide food. And in this case, a lot of these vineyards are, are used to make wine and then, you know, other things um, from there, olive oil, you know, groves and whatnot. Um, but it, I guess this is, t- tell me, what is it? What's the opportunity for somebody from the nations mm-hmm. to to say, you know, what, what is the the trigger to say, I want to come and help and this is what I can do and, and why I go to Hyavel? 
Yeah, so I, I think um, the, the opportunity is to come and to connect um, with God in God's land with God's people. I mean, that's really what it is. It, it, God is doing incredible miracles that are happening right now that really don't make a lot of sense. And for all of us who love God, um, it's important for us to connect with what he's doing in our world today. And that's, that's kind of the broad picture of what we're doing is we're just saying, hey, we have been and experienced something that we, uh, there's no question in our minds, this is God because there's no other way to explain it. And it's prophesied in the Bible. And like after experiencing ourselves, we're like, wow, we need to share this opportunity with as many other people as possible. So practically speaking, what happens is um, people from the nations usually connect um, uh, with us, whatever it is, through our uh, website, through Facebook, whatever it is, or through podcasts, these kind of things. Sure. Um, they go to the website, they sign up, uh, request an application. We, on our website at howyouville.com, we have all the different trips and dates and costs and all that kind of information. So you go there um, and request an application. Um, sign up. We, ha- we have to go through a process to get the visas and all that kind of thing. There's a Skype interview, all that kind of uh, deal to make sure it's a good fit for people that are coming. Um, and then once you arrive into the land of Israel, basically what happens is four days out of the week, we go out to the fields and we work, whether it's um, you know pruning the vines or harvesting the grapes or harvesting the olives or uh, just doing some maintenance stuff around in the vineyards, that kind of thing. The main thing we do is harvest grapes. That's what the main thing we do. Uh, so we do that four days a week. Now, um, those work days, basically we get up pretty early because the grapes have to be harvested when they're nice and cool. Once they get starting to warm up, they already start the fermentation process. Um, so you have to get them while they're cool. So we get up pretty early in the morning, uh, have breakfast like at five o'clock in the morning and then get right out to the field and then usually work till around noon. Uh, and then we're back to the camp to rest, get refreshed, take a shower or whatever you need to do, catch up on laundry, that kind of thing. And then uh, usually on those days, we'll have a guest speaker come in. So we'll have Ari and Jeremy. Um, and there's so many connections we've made there in the land of Israel that come out and just, um, and it gives the opportunity for our volunteers to meet the people, not only to connect to the land, but to meet the people as well. So we do that four days a week. And then uh, two days a week, we actually do a tour. We'll go to Alain Moray. We'll go to Beit El, to Shiloh, to these different places. And um, we're not like normal tours where it's like, let's uh, you know run where Jesus walks kind of an idea. You know, I've heard that said a lot in different tours. Um, we take our time. We're much more family friendly. Um, you know, we'll go to Alain Moray and we'll spend like three hours just sitting up on top of the mountain. We'll have a prayer time. We'll study the scriptures, do different things. Um, so that's the way the tours work. And then on Shabbat, take a day to rest. We'll have a, a Bible study. We'll study the Torah portion. Um, and then on Motzei Shabbat, after the sun goes down, we'll have um, our friend come up and the guest speaker and share from the Torah portion. And uh, pretty much every day of the week, um, my dad is there uh, giving morning devotions, just sharing basically why a Christian should connect to Israel and the Jewish people and tying this whole thing in. He teaches straight out of the New Testament, sharing, okay, this is you know who Yeshua was, and uh, helping people understand who this Messiah is that we've given our life to serve. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, I think about uh, going to the land of Israel, which I, I haven't been yet. This is, um, you know, one of the things that my wife and I have. Uh, I wouldn't say it's on our list. I would say we have a list, and w- the one thing on the list is go to Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny. If I think about taking a tour, like I, we live in Tampa Bay, and I've never been on a tour of Tampa Bay. And it doesn't really interest me to go on a tour of Tampa Bay. So I think about when you go somewhere, if you really want to experience the place, do you want to just go and take a tour and be like, oh, look, that's over there. That's where they do that stuff. Or do you want to go and experience it and, and do the stuff? You know, uh, you know, I, I listen to the people from our congregation who have been to Hyavel, um, you know, Libby Davis, Carolyn, uh, Zach, um, you know, 
there's, there's, I mean, we just had seven come back from the harvest. Uh, I say just, but you know, this is obviously a few months back now, but, uh, I mean, they all come back changed. Uh, they all come back mm-hmm. with this, this new zeal for Zion, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for, for, I mean, I think that's probably a good, good way to put it. Um, they come back and, and all they can think about is getting back, you know, and it's like, you know, they come back and it's just like, yeah, no, I'm a chain person. Like, I, I have to get back there. I have to, mm-hmm. once you connect with the land, I guess, and, and, you know, you watch the videos and stuff, you, I don't think it does any justice, mm-hmm. um, for actually being there and doing it. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I, I just can tell you that from watching y'all's stuff, talking with you, um, you know, uh, listening to the folks that have gone and come back that, uh, it really is the way to go. And not to mention it's cost efficient. So I, you know, my wife and I have three kids of our own. We also foster, so we have a fourth, and uh, and then I also we have uh, my mother-in-law as well who lives with us, and so that's you know a six total people to get over there, and and for a tour, if you're talking four or five thousand dollars a person, you know, it's a lot of money, mm-hmm. and you only stay for what 10, 11, 12, 12 days. Not now, listen, the tour. I'm not talking down the tour, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to do that by any stretch of the imagination. But when I think about going to Israel, I think about being able to bring my family and connect to the land and the people. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, I think Hyavel sounds like a, a, a really good option. Don't you? We definitely have a place for anybody who's willing to come. We're super family friendly. Like I said, I have 10 siblings. And so that's kind of what Hyavel is founded off of. Just saying, okay, we want to be family friendly. We want to make this cable. Cause we know there's a lot of families who want to come and be a part of what's going on. So yeah, we do, and you know, most tours, they do, they have their hotels and they have all the expenses they have to cover and that's why they cost so much. Sure. Um, with our accommodations and stuff, we've built a lot of our own accommodations and they're, uh, you know, we do all of our own food and like all the sound system and like everything, we do it all in-house. So we're able to really cut down a lot of expenses so we're able to make it possible for people to come in and experience Israel and in in, in like literally experience that you can't get anywhere else Sure. Uh, in the land of Israel, so. Sure, yeah. that, that's fantastic. All right, folks, you guys heard it. Uh, Zach Waller from Hyavel talking about his favorite thing, Hyavel. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, I think the question that you get to ask yourself now is, what is your excuse for not putting one foot in front of the other and making plans to make it happen to get over there? Because that's what my wife and I are doing. Uh, we're figuring out the budget. We're figuring out all the little things. Uh, we're praying because... Uh, if you need a miracle, you need to pray for the miracle, but you have to do that first because that's that step of faith in order to ask for it. And so, uh, you know, we we support Hyvel here at Beta Hila Community. We think that they're awesome, um, and we can't say enough about uh, what they're doing. We're very excited about the ministry, about prophecy being fulfilled in the land, and uh, and the fact that we have a front row seat to to watch these things happen and and even get the opportunity to participate. And so. Uh, you guys be blessed. Uh, I think that uh, we'll be back around with maybe another round uh, with uh, with Zach and uh, and Hyavel here shortly. 